Welcome to Sunday Worship at St. Matthew's Baptist Church, led by our senior pastor of over 34 years, Dr. Raymond M. Gordon Sr. Our worship service is made up of three facets, information, invocation, and inspiration. Information consists of pertinent topics that Pastor Gordon would like to share with you to engage and edify. Invocation consists of prayer and preparation for worship. Inspiration consists of our praise to our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and pastor's delivery of the word. You arrival me with a melody. You surround me with a song of deliverance from my enemies till all my fears are gone for my mother's one you have chosen me love has called
St. Matthews, we are totally committed to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. Jesus is God the Son and the Son of God. It is our desire that you become saved right where you sit by professing your belief in Jesus Christ and asking him into your life. The Bible says that Jesus our Savior died for all your sins. He was buried and rose on the third day with all power in his hands. To be saved, just pray this prayer with me right now. Lord Jesus, I believe you died for my sins, was buried and rose on the third day. I believe you are God the Father's only begotten Son. Lord, come into my life and save my soul. If you've done that, email, call, or write us so we can send you written materials on your newfound faith. We have a ministry for your entire family. We'd love to invite you to our online service here at St. Matthew's Baptist Church under the direction of our senior pastor, Dr. Raymond M. Gordon Sr. Here at St. Matthew's, pastor has been preaching the word of God, rightly dividing it with truth and transparency for over 33 years. We've seen thousands of lives transformed. Even though we're living through an unprecedented time, and even though our church is closed due to the pandemic, we'd love for you to download our SMBC app through your Google Play Store or through the Apple App Store for real-time live updates. Additionally, we'd like for you to follow us on Instagram at SMBChurchNJ or on Facebook at St. Matthew's Baptist Church of Williamstown, New Jersey. In addition to that, we'd love for you to subscribe to our YouTube channel at SMBCTV where you can learn about our online services, our Wednesday night core Bible studies, and even our Zoom schedules at this time. Finally, don't forget to remain faithful through your giving by tithing online through our church website or by using our SMBC app or by mailing in your tithes to our church address at P.O. Box 817, Williamstown, New Jersey, 08094. Have a blessed day. Good morning, St. Matthews. Do you know what November is? It's Pastor Gordon's pastoral anniversary, and this year we are celebrating 33 years of his dedication and devotion to Jesus Christ and our congregation. We want everyone to let this man of God feel our love and appreciation for him. So we're asking that you would send in your words of love and appreciation, as well as your love gift, either via online or by mail. If you're going to send it online, here's how. Go to www.stmatthewsbc.org forward slash giving. Click on pay now under events. If you're going to give by mail, we ask that you send it to St. Matthew's Baptist Church, P.O. Box 817, Williamstown, New Jersey 08094. Please make sure that your check is made out to Pastor Gordon and that you place anniversary gifts in the memo section. Let's celebrate our pastor, a man after God's own heart. May God bless you. We've come to praise the Lord today. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on. Hallelujah.
Are you ready for the word? We greet you in the matchless, miraculous, exalted name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And truly, Jesus is Lord. He's King of kings and Lord of lords. We worship him on this Lord's day. We praise him. We magnify him because he is worthy to be praised. And we are thankful that you have tuned in this morning. We pray for you and your family. We pray for our church family. We pray for all of those that may be in fear or fractured, fragmented, or whatever you're feeling this morning. It's all right. Jesus is your healer. He's your sustainer. He's your uplifter. He's your Lord. He's your God. He's your potentate of paradise. He's got all power in his hands. And we just pray that you would trust him with your life. Trust him, trust him, trust him, trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not to thine own understanding. Praise the name of Jesus. We pray that you would vote Tuesday and if you have not gone in to vote, don't mail it in, take it in, take it in, but vote, amen. And we pray that Jesus would be glorified Amen in your life. This morning we're in the book of Jude. It's Jude. It's a one-page letter. Uh, Jude, just before the book of the Revelation. And we pray that you would support this ministry by tithing online and sending an envelope to P.O. Box 817 Williamstown, New Jersey, 08094. I want to thank our praise singers, I want to thank our technical people, amen. I want to thank our witnesses that are here this morning. Truly God is an awesome God. This morning my subject is a warning to the wicked. A warning to the wicked and a subtitle is Space to Grace. Space to Grace. An old TV series which aired from September 1965 to March 1968 depicted a man, a family of astronauts, a man who were on a five-day trip to discover life on various planets. And during this five-day trip, one of the uh, people that went along with them, Dr. Zachary Smith, sabotaged the mission, and they were lost in space. They were lost. They were frantically going from planet to planet, encountering uh, uh, all kinds of life and enemies and aliens. And uh, they spent three years lost. I'm pausing purposely because one of the intriguing aspects of this series 
was that they had a robot that would talk, but more importantly, the robot, amen, when danger was in the area, he would frantically move his arms and light up, and what came out of his mouth was, warning, warning, warning. (sighs) An enemy is near. Warning, warning, warning. An enemy is approaching. And what this warning did to the Robinson family was they would become alert and they would take action against an oncoming enemy. In a similar sense, the scriptures are hollering warning. Society, with all its perversions, is hollering warning. (sighs) The state of affairs is hollering warning, but we don't hear it. That this warning has to do with the church is sleep. The world is in the church, church is in the world. There's no longer conviction, commitment, or communion with God. The church, God's body, his people, are asleep. They have apostatized, fallen away. Apo is the away, apostatized the fall. They've fallen away. From the word of God. And the fact of the matter is, is that the church is post-Christian era, meaning that the church lost its place long time ago. We no longer view the church as our parents and grandparents did. It was their refuge to Jesus. It was a place of sincere holy worship. It was a time when God's people came together in true biblical fellowship. It is when people, through the power of the Holy Spirit, lived what they believed. And, and, and so the fact of the matter is, is that when we begin to look at this letter... Jude is the half-brother of Jesus Christ. Of course, his mother and father, Jude's mother and father was Mary and Joseph. And Jesus had four other siblings who were half-siblings, half-brothers, half-sisters. The word Jude comes from the Hebrew Judah, which was the tribe that Jesus belonged to. His family, tribe of priests, and the Greek is Judas, not Iscariot, the one that betrayed him, but his half-brother Jude is writing in the 11th hour. Ah, it's getting late, saints. Right in the 11th hour, amen, of a warning of wickedness. We are experiencing this warning throughout the earth. We see it in society with all of its perversions. We see it in distant, unbiblical beliefs like relativism, essentialism, uh, atheism, uh, All all of these racism, all these isms are a result of Satan disguising himself in the minds of people. He is a divider. He is a separator. He is uh, 
He defects, he deceives, he deflects. Satan is a strategist at sending man's souls to hell. And the reason we don't hear this preached any longer is because preachers have become prostitutes for prosperity. Preachers are no longer committed, most of them, to the word of God, but they, amen, are misquoting the promises of God intentionally. They are confusing people with their self-import, their pride, their ungodly demeanor, ravishing of sheep, Amen, and devastating God's church. We are living in a time of pretense, living in a time of pollution, living in a time where the Bible says, let the wheat and tares grow together and the angels will separate them in the day of judgment. So there are people in the church going to hell and there are people that you think going to hell going to heaven. And, 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 and so, child of God, when we begin to examine this great letter of Jude, it, it is the fourth shortest letter, Philemon, Second John, Third John, and Jude in the New Testament. And as we begin to look at this letter, this letter, we we see a call to action. We see, amen, we see warnings. We see warnings. And there's some warnings in your life, even if you save. There are warnings going on where the Spirit of God is screaming and no one can hear him. We're moved by feelings and not by faith. <sighs> We, we have put on a whole nother costume of disguise. And we're not fooling God, we're only fooling ourselves. That when we look at this tragedy, this apostasy, this falling away, it's a falling away from the church, from the truth, from the word of God, from the spirit of God, there's a falling away, amen, that man has come to a place we does not like, Romans 1, to retain God in his knowledge, mind, and God has given him up, up and over to a reprobate mind. Lies, 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 lies and more lies. To the point that we're lying to ourselves. And, and so Jude begins to pour out these warnings. And we're going to go through them very, very quickly. And I want St. Matthews and the whole world to know that God lives. God's word is alive. God's coming back in the rapture. And Jude is writing at the 11th hour. The 11th hour. And he and Peter, in Second Peter 2 and 3, their messages almost lock like hand and glove. Both of them are talking about apostates, false teachers, false preachers, false church, false beliefs that are obvious in these last days. Everything you see on the news fits like a, amen, a part of a puzzle. It is what God said would happen in the last days. Man has become his own God. Amen. We have forsaken. Jeremiah 2 said, you committed two evils, Israel. You forsook me. God, God is in first place. You forsook me, the fountains of living waters, and you've hewn out. Ah. 
You've hewn out these things that can hold no waters. And God is saying, you have forsaken me. You have engineered a God that will not convict you. You have engineered a God that will go along with whatever you think or feel. You have engineered a comfortable, amen, custom within yourself that does not get bothered by your sin. That is, let me stop, pause, and part. First, we see a warning, amen, verse 3, to the church of having a contending faith. Now, what do you mean by contending? The word contending means to fight. Jude is saying in verse 3, Beloved, when I gave all diligence to write unto you of the, listen to this, common salvation it was, he needful for me to write unto you and exhort you that ye should carefully contend for the faith which was once delivered to the saints. The faith is not being rich. The faith is not being prosperous. The faith, amen, is not naming it and claiming it. The, the faith is truth applied biblical principles. And if you continue, John 8, Jesus said, in my word, then truly you are my disciples indeed, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Truth. There, there is no truth today. Truth. He's warning that we have to contend for the faith, and the faith is applied truth. The faith, amen, is not only applied truth, but the faith is making applicable a trust in Jesus. You're trusting him with everything. Your life, your liberty, your future. There, there is a, listen, there is a truth, there is a trust. There are trials in this world you will have tribulation. You've got preachers and teachers making this life of salvation seem like, amen, there should be no trials coming in your life. When Jesus said, you will experience trials, but be of good cheer, I've overcome the world. There's truth, there's trust, there's trials, but ultimately there's triumph as we trust Jesus. We are coming out of this dilemma, pandemic. We are coming out of all this social unrest. We're coming out of all this violence. We're coming out of all this hatred. We're coming out. If you redeemed, if you're born again, blood washed, blood bought, you are coming out. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. The Lord won't allow it. Whenever his people is in the midst of apostasy, God gets them out. He gets them out. Just go to Genesis 19, Sodom and Gomorrah. He got Lot out. He gets them out. That, that is, child of God, that we, there is a warning to contend. We got to fight in our marriages. They're not perfect. We got to fight by faith with our, amen, the raising of our children. We got to fight by faith how to handle our money. We got to fight by faith our motives. We got to fight by faith our mechanisms. We got to fight. We got to have a contending faith, not a passive faith. We got a faith. We got to have a faith that's willing to fight for truth. And this falling away Men have become compromised to this world system. And they just go with the flow. They just go with the flow. Post-Christian era. 
People leaving the church. People leaving the faith. People leaving truth. People leaving trust. People leaving triumph. People are leaving. As they lay in their bedside Baptist church. There's a warning to the church to contend for the faith that was once delivered to them. Christians died in front of lions as the Emperor Nero tried to kill them. Hmm. Christians were worried to sacrifice their lives, their legacies to uphold the faith. Uh, preachers preach truth and not some lie. We got to contend. We got to keep fighting. Amen. And that's a warning. Raymond Gordon, you got to fight to believe. You got to fight to behave. You got to fight to be still. It's not going to come automatically. You got to keep on believing God in spite of your feelings. That's a contending faith. I've been knocked down every round, but I keep getting back up fighting for truth. Hmm. The second warning, and we're going to go through this rather expeditiously. The second warning is in verse 4. It's a warning, listen, of a cautionary focus. He's not only telling us to fight, he's telling us to pay attention. Focus, focus. Verse 4, and what's scary about verse 4 He says, for there are certain men who crept in unawares who were before of old ordained to this condemnation. Now, what's scary about that? Judah's saying there are men, and women are applied, who crept into the church and nobody noticed them. They were ordained of old by Satan, they were energized to get in there, get a prominent place, and then cause havoc. Bring divisions, bring dishonor, complain, murmur, have all these opinions about what the church ought to be like. He says, your focus is a precaution Listen what he says. These apostates, these brute beasts, they crept in unawares. Now let me use this metaphorically. There are some things in your life that have crept in without notice. There there are lusts. There are living arrangements. Lord have mercy. There are aspirations. There are desires that are not of God. But the reason they crept in is because you were open to a new way. There there are people who are living a lie. This Christian life is not a flowery bit of ease. You got to fight. You got to focus. You got to keep your eyes on Jesus. He says, these men, these women, these people, they crept in unawares. They're full of denials, full of, amen, uh, decency. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, f- full of divisiveness. Amen. And they, they crept in unawares. They're polluters. Amen. They're, they, they, they practice occult practices. They're, they're into, uh, agnosticism, atheism, relativism. They're, they're into all of these different mentalities. 
But they bought it in. Now listen to me. Listen to pastor. They bought it. They crept in. And the minute somebody joins the church and they seem like a family guy, nice guy, you want to put them right on the board of deacons. They might be from hell. Well, he seems like a nice guy. Well, you need to shut your daggone mouth and let the spirit make the move. I've seen it. I've seen it here. Where people wanted to bring people into the pulpit and into the deacon's ministry and into the trustee ministry for the wrong reasons. Well, they're prominent. They got a good job. They're educated. That does not meet the requirement of God. Demons are educated. Demons belong to the church. Lord have mercy. Demons give money. Demons are political. Look at the White House. Somebody need to preach it. You'll know them by their fruit. The world will know you're my disciples by the love you have for one another. It's in the Bible. That is, he's warning us about this cautionary focus that even in my own private life, I got to be careful what slips in to my life, to my mind, Beyond my comprehension. Mm. Maybe there's a thought where I'll feel better about myself. Maybe there's a thought of a better life. Maybe there's a thought, amen, of going back and experiencing things I used to do. Maybe, maybe there is a thought. He said, as a precautionary focus. And what's scary about this? These people that crept into the church were people of old who was ordained to this condemnation. Meaning they were ordained years ago to break up St. Matthew's. They were ordained years ago to break up your family. They were ordained years ago To bring hell into your life. Hmm. There is a focus point, a warning of a cautionary focus, verse 4. And then third, uh, there, there is a warning of condoned fleshly practices, verses 5 to 7. Paul, uh, uh, Jew says, but I, amen, uh, want to remind you that the Lord, hallelujah, saved his people out of Egypt, amen, but destroyed 23,000 who did not believe. And when you go to 1 Corinthians 10, it says, he uses the word all repeatedly. All were under the cloud, all was led by fire, all ate of the manna, but all did not believe God. And God destroyed them. That, that is, that when we begin to look at this matter of this wickedness that's a part of our movements, and we can't discern it. We can't discern it. Now, I'm, I'm going to tell you now, and those of you that know me know this to be true, I am <clears throat> sold out on Jesus Christ. I am a confrontational evangelist. I will get up in your face and tell you going to hell if you don't get saved. I don't care about your feelings. I'm trying to save your soul through the power of the Holy Spirit, through the gospel, good news of Jesus Christ. I'm going to preach Christ and him crucified. I'm not going to sit in this pulpit and tell you how to get a job. I'm not going to sit in this pulpit and talk about civil rights. I'm not going to sit in this pulpit and talk about feeding the poor. I'm going to talk about Jesus Christ and him crucified. And that bothers people because they can't control me. 
Lord, have mercy. Thank you, Jesus. You can't control what I say. You can't control my words. You can't control my belief systems. And the reason I'm so sold out on Christ is because I know it was Jesus that snatched me out of hell with smoke still in my garments. I know he's the Lord of glory. Because every time I get in trouble, he snatches me out. Every time my body gets sick, he heals me. Every, every time I'm about to lose it, he shows up. Do I have a witness? He shows up in car accidents. He shows up in house fires. He shows up when you lose your job. He shows up when your marriage is suffering. Jesus will show up. He showed up to Peter. Children. He called them children. Have you caught anything? He said, no, we've been tolling all night and caught nothing. Jesus said, now throw the net on the other side. And this is in John chapter 21. Uh, See, child of God, when he told me to throw the net on the other side, Jesus thought school. And the school of fish went to the other side. Uh, when he went to the wedding at Cana and they ran out of wine, he thought wine and water was changed into wine. Uh, do I have a witness? A child of God, uh, a whale told his buddies as they were dipping in the ocean, I got to go now and I got a disobedient prophet named Jonah I got to pick up and spit him back out into God's will. God's in total control. Hallelujah. I believe the word of God. I believe the triunity of God. I believe that God has all power in his hands. I, I believe he's coming back for a church without spot and without wrinkle. I believe. That he loves us from the guttermost to the uttermost. Ah. Mm. Fourthly, there's a warning. Uh, verses 8 to 19, a lot of territory here. Uh, there's a warning for a confused fellowship. Now, I, I want to I synopsize this as quickly as possible that I want you to notice Jude now speaks of men who were confused, condemned, concealed, amen, and yet God knew where they was coming from. Nothing escapes the Lord. I often say he can see a black ant on a black hill on a black night. The eyes of the Lord are everywhere. Lord have mercy. He's omniscient. That means he knows everything before it happens. Lord have mercy. That, that is, child of God, that when we look at this portion of scripture, and I'm going to get through it quickly, he names three people, Cain, we, which we believe is the twin brother of Abel. The doctrine of Cain, the way of Cain, was that Cain... God apparently asked both brothers to bring him an offering. Genesis 4, Abel bought a blood offering as he sacrificed sheep. Amen. But Cain gave God what he wanted God to have. He bought an offering of the earth and the earth had been cursed when Adam and Eve sinned. And so the way of Cain is to give God the time you want to give him. To give him the type of offering you want to give him. To give him obedience you want to give him. Not to give him what he's asking for. He talks about the way of Cain. <sighs> then he goes to Balaam, the prostitute preacher, who was trying to curse Israel for Balak, the king, and every time he tried to curse him, God would bless him. He, he is a hired hand, Lord have mercy, who's preaching for the wrong reasons. I could talk about that all night. Thank you, Jesus. 
There are actually preachers out there that will not go to another church and preach unless they get a certain amount of money. Hmm. Balaam. The way of Balaam. And then he mentions Korah, who was an Israelite, and he led 250 Israelites against Moses, and God opened up the ground and swallowed them all. He was in opposition to God's leader. Lord, have mercy. It doesn't mean Moses was perfect. doesn't mean I'm perfect. doesn't mean you're perfect. God has set a precedence. Touch not my anointed and do my prophets no harm. That is, child of God, when we begin to look at this warning of a confused fellowship, it's, it's just interesting, hallelujah, that God, like that robot, warning, 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 enemy approaching. There's an enemy in your life who can influence you. There's an enemy somewhere close to you that's whispering in your ear what you need, what you need to look for, how you need to rest, what you need to be happy, what you need to be fulfilled. He's whispering. Could be TV. Could be social media. Could be television. Could be be anything. Could be your pain. He's whispering through your pain. If you do this, it'll be profitable. That is, child of God, we, we see these warnings in Jude, but finally we, we see a warning to the courageous, faithful, the conquerors. I, I, I love this. The warning is not a warning of fate. It's a warning of faith. And in verse 20, he says, But you, brothers, building yourselves up for your most holy faith, he talks about true believers with a sure foundation, a cornerstone who is Jesus Christ, Lord, have mercy. Eternal life, praying in and through the Holy Spirit. Ah. Keep yourselves, verse 21, in the love of God. Follow with me. To be obedient, faithful. Amen. Uh, he, he talks about, Lord, have mercy. To be opposed to evil, amen, and to believe the preeminence of Jesus Christ. And and child of God, when you begin to look at this last warning to the courageous, faithful, Jude goes into what we call a benediction doxology. Now unto him. Now let me stop pausing. Because in the New Testament there are five benedictions. There are benedictions in the Old Testament, but in the New Testament there are five. In, in Romans chapter 11, amen, there's the benediction, hallelujah, of promoting God. That God is an all-wise God. Of him, through him, to him, are all things. In, stay with me now, in Romans chapter, amen, 12, there's a benediction of praise. In 2 Corinthians chapter 3, there's a benediction uh-huh, of protection. And then in Hebrews 13, there's a benediction of peace. May the God of peace. But here, in Jude, this benediction has to do with perseverance. Not you holding God, but God holding you. 
Perseverance is an eternal strategy that God has that nothing can make you go back, go down, go out. He keeps holding you up. And in spite of everything that has transpired in my life, I'm still standing. I'm standing, God. I'm standing against this evil world. I'm standing against my own innate fleshly desires. I'm standing against the pollutions of my mind. I'm standing against public opinion. I'm standing because of the perseverance Uh of the saints. Do I have a witness? And, And his hair, his hair, noun unto him uh, 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 who's able to keep you Uh, we are kept by the power of God unto salvation is God keeping you you're not keeping God you're not keeping yourself is God keeping you you're not being kept because you're strong you're not being kept because you're spiritual you're not being kept because you read your bible you're not being kept because you pray you're being kept because God has placed in you a perseverance you can take a licking and keep on ticking you'll never uh, compromise what you believe can I get a witness Heaven and hell shall pass away, but not one jot or tittle of my word shall pass away. His word is like a light unto my path. Uh, amen, a lamp unto my feet. That is, child of God, now unto him who's able to keep you from falling. Just think of that. The reason I'm not falling is because God has planted perseverance in my life. Ah, to keep you from falling, to present you faultless for his presence. I'm faultless before Jesus because of his perseverance, because of his anointing. Ah, not me, but him. Can I get a witness? That is, to only wise God our Savior be glory, dominion, and power both now and forevermore. Everything that God has asked added to our lives was deliberate. Jesus said, of all that the Father have given me, I lost none. No man can pluck them out of my hand. That's the perseverance of the saints. Do I have a witness? And I'm grateful this morning that no weapon formed against me shall prosper. I'm grateful this morning that he'll never leave me nor forsake me. I'm grateful this morning that Jesus is my strength. Jesus is my refuge. Jesus is my high tower. Jesus is my alpha and my omega. Jesus! Is everything I need in this polluted, corrupt, wicked world. From space to grace. I was lost in space. Frantically going around trying to find fulfillment. But one day God found me. Saved me. Sanctified me. Filled me. Chilled me, thrilled me. Only Jesus can save the sin-sick soul. Only Jesus can make me whole. Warning, warning, warning. An enemy is approaching. Apathy. Attitude of pride. Mm. All of those things that Satan keeps using to keep us in bondage. Warning, warning, warning. And as you, as we close this program, you need to search God and seek God for what secret 
thing has crept into your life that on the surface seems innocent, but it's going to pull you down. Warning, warning, warning. Enemy approaching. I was lost in space, but God saved me through his grace. It's a love I don't deserve. And because of his perseverance, I can shout this morning. Now unto him, Jesus, who's able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless before his presence. Thank God for perseverance. Thank God for his proclaim. Thank God for his power. Thank God for his prolonging. Thank God for his persistent. Thank God he's able. And as we close, if you're not saved, you can come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. But they that call, Romans 10, upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Listen. Lord Jesus, I'm a sinner. Come into my life and save me. I believe with my whole heart. You died for my sins, was buried, and rose again with all power in your hand. Come and save me. And the Lord will save you. The Lord will save you. The Lord will save you. We love you. Pray for us. And again, send in your offerings to online and P.O. Box 817, Williamstown, New Jersey, 08094. We, we love you. Listen, warning, warning, warning. Enemy is approaching. God bless you. Have a great day. We love you. And take your vote to the place. Don't mail it in on Tuesday. Jesus loves you. Have a great day. All right. Know you can give using your smartphone? The method is simple, safe, and speedy. To give using this method, search for the SMBC app in your iOS or Google Play Store and download. Then launch the app and click on the Give button. Or feel free to give through our website. Go to www.stmatthewssbc.org, click Donation, and fill out the St. Matthew Secure Contribution and Payment Form. The melody you surround me with a song of deliverance from my enemies till all my fears are gone from my mother's womb. Chosen me, love has called my name. I'll be born again to a family. Your blood flows through my veins. I'm no
by some.